What's going on, millionaires? You're listening to the Million Dollar Mind Podcast, episode 146, on the three laws to closing more clients over the phone. Welcome back, millionaires. Welcome back. It's your boy, Kai Speaks. And today we're going to be talking about laws to closing over the phone more, right? We are in that age. We are in that time to where over the phone sales, over the phone conversations is just more and more the social norm. It's actually now a standard, right? People don't want to meet up with you in person before they have an opportunity to fill your vibes out on the phone. So with this being our new realities, I just only thought it was right for us to talk a little bit more about some of the laws to being able to close over the phones. And when I say close, it doesn't always have to pertain to sales, but yes, closing just means having the end result that you had in mind, the desired result to be either yes and not no. That means you closed. So let's just keep it a buck. But before we get into that, I just always got to show my gratitude and say thanks to all of you millionaires who have just tuned in with us week in, week out. We here for new episodes every single Monday and Friday. And some of you don't miss a beat when it comes to new episodes. We're seeing the consistency and not even the consistency, but now we're starting to see a rise in our daily streams and downloads every single month. And with this month being February, we are on track for this being the best month of all time when it comes to downloads and streams for the month of February out of all other months. We are already not even we halfway through the month and we are already more than halfway to beating January's goal. And January was a big month for us as well. So I just want to show my gratitude to you all who show up and show out for the million dollar mind podcast. And if you see me in person, you know, feel free to stop by wave, say hi, give me a hug. Tell me, thank you. You know, tell me what you love. Tell me what you do not love about the podcast because all feedback is good feedback. And again, I appreciate you all, but let's get to it. All right, welcome back to the Million Dollar Mind podcast, the world's most trusted podcast for passion and attraction. You know you're in the right place if you are here looking for money-making tips and tricks to living a more passionate life. Now, on Monday, as I said, we discussed the six laws to acquiring 10 times more clients, right? So if you went from zero clients a month, these six laws are gonna help you get 10 clients a month or more. If you're getting 10 clients a month, these laws will help you get a hundred clients or more, right? Because they're laws. These are natural laws that have been proven and validated through trial and error, right? That's the only way that you can really test out these things. And these are natural laws that you want to follow. And to recap, those laws were the law of reciprocity, the law of scarcity, the law of authority, the law of consistency, the law of liking, and then lastly, one of my favorites, the law of consensus, right? And as I mentioned, through face-to-face interactions, you know, though face-to-face interactions can always go a lot further than your interactions with someone over the phone. The reality is phones give you 1000% more reach than face-to-face. We now live in a day and age of social media where you can literally have followers and friends and pen pals of people that reside thousands of miles away from you. And with this being the case, you know, the, the, 
the uh, reality of you being able to meet up with all of these people that you have established these relationships with is slim to none. So we just need to sharpen ourselves, sharpen our skill sets uh, as far as phone interactions and how to close over the phone, which is, again, the purpose of today's episode. So why not give you some game on how to effectively close those those clients over the phone? Right. We went over the six laws to acquire more clients, but you absolutely when it comes to um, your business, whether it's a product, whether it's a service that you're selling, whether it is you that you're selling. You got to get in front of more people and the best way to get in front of more people is through phone. So why not give you that game on how to close these clients over the phone? Right. So as I said, social media is still on a rapid incline, which is putting us in reach of people that are hundreds and thousands of miles away. This makes our interactions by phone, video chat like Zoom, Google Meet so much more a thing. Right. We even now are having class classes, virtual classrooms online through Zoom, Google Meet, et cetera, et cetera. So these these tools and these ways of communication now are growing and is changing at a very rapid rate. The misconception is that closing in person can actually be harder than over the phone. The truth is in person, as long as you're a good person, right? People can feel that, you know, when they're in front of you, people can feel your vibe very quickly. You know, we are we are very good at reading the room. Some people are horrible at it, but for the most part, we're good at reading the rooms, reading people's energies and vibes. And we know if a person is meant for us and right for us in that time and in that space. So in person is actually so much more natural. And the thing about in person is it's because of that natural aspect to it. It actually makes it easier to uh, to establish these relationships and to get these sales and to um, close these calls or whatever these close these interactions as wins when it comes to in-person interactions. But when it comes to on the phone, that is where people struggle because it is on the phone where it's easy to sound like a robot because you're reading off of a script. It's easy to be very boring because you don't start every call with a smile. It's easy to not build any rapport because all you're thinking about is the sale. So when you're on the phone, you have to think about so much more than being in front of this person and just being a good vibe and just knowing your stuff. That's really all it takes for in-person sales. Just know your stuff, smile and be a good person, right? Have a good, have good energy about yourself. But on the phone, you got to manage and maintain so much more. I like to always tell my clients and my students or whoever. When it comes to, you know, making sales on the phone, even just not even outside, even outside of sales, right? Just calling people in general. You should always call people with a smile on your face, right? If you have to tell yourself a joke, if you have to recall a funny video that you saw later that uh, earlier that day, you need to be thinking of something that is going to have you smiling by the time this person says hello, because what's going to happen is that smile, that laughter, that comes out of your voice when you say, oh, hey, John, oh, hey, such and such, you're going to say it with a much more enthusiastic uh, tone than if you were not smiling or if you think if you were thinking of something that was unpleasant prior to that phone call. It's just not going to be a good call from the start. So you should always start each call with a smile. So let's get into some of the action steps and what these laws actually look like. The first law 
and this is specifically for my business owners, whether small or big, you are not customer service. And this is primarily for my small business owners because for big business owners, like if you was calling Chick-fil-A customer service, of course, you're going to expect that this person talks to you as if they're customer service. But for our small business owners, especially if you are the owner and you're you're still taking a lot of the calls, you still you still have a business line that people can just give you a call and ask questions about your services, about your business. Keep in mind that you are not customer service, right? You should not be answering the phone. Hey, how can I help? It's hey, what's up? These are your equals. These are friends. So even if you don't know a person, you should automatically talk to a person like your friend. Try and give you all some game right here, right? Because now you warmed up the call before the call even got started. You warmed up the call. You started the call as if you're talking to your best friend that you probably haven't talked, uh, spoken to in a while. Hey, what's up? Hey, this is Kai. So it's like you don't want to really treat it like customer services. Hey, thanks for calling uh, my business. How can I help you? It, it just sounds too forced. It sounds now sales pitchy. It sounds like a pitch. It sounds like whatever this person is asking, they're going to get the sales pitch. They're going to get the answer that is just lined up for them to sell your services or whatever the case may be. And that's not what they're calling you for. They're calling for more information. So the more friendly, the more welcoming and inviting you come across on that phone, the more their their uh, walls actually break down, the more their barriers actually break down and they can actually picture themselves um, as a client of yours more often than you coming across as this customer service oriented person. Trust me. Second law. Have and understand. The conversational rhythm and flow. Of every single call, every call has its own rhythm and flow, and you got to be able to maintain that conversational rhythm. You want it to be very smooth and organic. Um, One of the main things that I enjoy the most about, you know, just sharpening my skills as a podcast and show host is asking the right questions, but also listening first. Right. I might have my set of questions that I want to ask. But I'm not looking at these questions as like which question I'm going to ask in which order, because the order is irrelevant. I need to be listening to what my guests are saying. So then I then I, I might go off script. I might ask some questions that are coming to mind based off of what they're telling me. And I may find that other questions may be more ideal or more opportune for this time as opposed to the time that I had in, in mind. Right. It's the same thing with these calls. Right. You want it to be organic. You want it to be a nice, natural flow of conversation. You don't want it to feel forced. You don't want the person to feel like you started to call already knowing where it needs to go and what needs to happen. Right. It's it's a difference between, yes, planning for each call, because at the end of the day, the goal is to get a sale, um, to get more clients, so forth and so on. That is the goal. And you do need to plan your calls accordingly by doing some research, right? If this person gave you notes about them, you know, finding some ways to build rapport prior to, right? But you don't want to come across like you're reading from that plan and that you're saying, okay, next I want to talk about this. Okay, great. Thanks for talking to me about the condition. Now, can we talk about this? It's like, no, you got to follow the conversational rhythm and flow of each call. And you want to be slow and relaxed. And one tool or one technique that I like most about being able to keep a nice conversational uh, rhythm 
is mirroring and be agreeable. You have to be agreeable. You don't want to come across. That's the first step. I would say with just conversation in general, this is going to help you with just being a better conversationalist overall. You don't, a lot of conversations get stopped in their tracks when you come across as disagreeable, when you're the opposition, when you're, when you're combating everything that someone has to say, when, when someone says something to you, it's best. It was like, okay, yeah, no, I never thought about that. I, I agree. I agree to a certain extent. And this, right. Even if you might slightly disagree, sometimes we like to use the word, but not sometimes all the time. We like to say, yeah, but drop the yeah, buts and say, yes. And yes, no, that's a great point. And I've also learned then bring up your point. But the difference is now you're coming across as agreeable. You're coming across as someone that's on the same side as me. I could talk to this person. They're on my team. They're on my side. This person is agreeable. And in the mirroring that comes with practice, there are different ways to mirror over the phone, like uh, starting to pick up on tone of voice, um, how slow or how fast a person might be talking. Right. If you have a person that is talking really slow and they answer the phone like, hello. Hey, how can I help you? What's this about? You don't want to be talking all fast. You don't want to be Joe most like, hey, yeah, I'm calling because I want to talk to you about this, this and that. Like, no, you got to slow it down. If they talking slow, I'm talking back slow to you. Hey, yeah, no. Um, hey, Miss uh, Miss Such and Such, this is Kai. You know, I appreciate you um, taking my call. Did you forget that we were going to be talking today? You got to you got to mirror them. Right. Now, the only time you don't mirror a person is when they start to act sour or negative towards you. You can't you can't meet somebody at their lowest. Right. I always recommend being a step above, just slightly above. If a person is sounding sad and slow, you sound happy with a slow tone. You don't want to mirror emotions. I think that's the best way to put it. You don't want to mirror emotions per se. Right. Even if you have someone that's super excited, you don't want to be super excited with them. You want to be the professional that is cool, calm and collected with some excitement. There we go. I think we spoke on conversational rhythm enough. Let's go into the third law, which is super important, which when people first get into sales, they think that this is what sales is. And it's the total opposite. The third law is do not. I mean, do not under any circumstance whatsoever push for the sale. Let the sale come to you because the sale comes to you when you treat people with respect. You treat them like an equal. You are agreeable. You're mirroring. You follow those six laws that I talked about in the last episode. That the sale is going to come to you regardless, whether it's today, tomorrow, next month, next year. It doesn't matter. See, a lot of times we think that we have to get the sale today because we have to pay bills today or this week. Right. And yes, that may be true. But this is not the only person that you can be talking to. That just means you need to get up, get off your butt and talk to more people. Make more offers because this person is communicating to you that this is not the time for them to get started. They're more so starting next month. And then now, because you're not pushing the sale, you can expect that you can pretty much have that sale or that income coming in for next month 
which is not a bad thing at all either. Right. A lot of times we look, especially when we make that jump from employee to entrepreneur, we look and we say we're the business owner, but really we just own a job. We don't own a business yet. Right. Most business owners, when they start their first business or they start a business for the first. I would say the first six months to a year, you're you you own a job. You don't own a business without any systems or processes for automation, duplication, all that stuff. So when you're in this grind mode and you're in this mode of like, hey, I'm trying to make this work. I'm grinding. I'm grinding for my business. It's easy. Yes, I understand why you think you need to push the sale. You need to get the sale to happen this week because you got bills. Yes, you got bills. You have expenses. These things coming out. coming out every month so you got to get a sale but this person's not the sale not this month there'll be the sale next month or next year you have to talk to more people you have to increase your outputs if you want different inputs and if you don't like the input you need to change the output that's the only formula that i can give you right now that is going to make sense if you don't like the input change the output So if you're just if you're barely making your quotas as far as you're, you're 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 breaking even. Right. You need about three clients to break even, but you're only talking to 100 people today. Hey, if I'm talking to 100 people a day and I'm getting three clients to break even, I don't want to break even. I want to double it. I need six clients a month. So I need to talk to 200 people a month, not 100. You have to increase the efforts. I was watching David, uh, I was watching David Shans on YouTube yesterday and he was talking a lot about the type of goals that we set. We set reward goals, but we don't set enough work goals, right? So what a reward goal looks like is I need X amount of contracts this month. Why? Because it's going to give me the income that I look to pay all my bills and invest. That's a reward goal. But what what happens if I don't hit that goal? I'm going to probably feel a little bit insecure about my abilities to perform. I'm going to be like, damn, I didn't hit my goal. What happened? And I can't really control that because I can't control when people say yes or no, when people don't want to sign the contract and they're not ready to go. I can't control that. So what I need to do is set more work goals and what the work goal looks like in equivalence to that reward goal is not I need to get X amount of contracts. I need to make X amount of offers. I can control how many offers I make per day. So if I'm learning that I made three offers. Per day and I only got three contracts. I'm short of my my contract goal by three or four. Let's just say three for easy math. Then I need to double my outputs. I need to talk to two times more people than I talked to to get the first result. That was not enough. So don't set reward goals, set work goals. We need to start focusing on things we can control. Because that's why I say don't push the sale, because at the end of the day, you can't control people's pockets, their emotions. You can't control their situations in general. You can only control your conversational rhythm. You can control how you start each call. You can control your outputs, how many people you reach out to. But you can't control the result. The only way you can control the result is by changing the output. 
Again, I want that to be very clear. So just let's recap what those three laws again are. First law is you are not customer service. Everyone is your friend and you're equal. Conversational rhythm. Maintain a slow and relaxed pace. Again, you want to be agreeable and you want to mirror your clients over the phone. Then number three, the third law is don't push the sale, but let the sale come to you. Every call, you should bring freshness to each call. You should start each call with a smile and then look for opportunities to build rapport. Another thing. Sometimes we may shoot ourselves in the foot because we're focused too much on the sale and not enough on the person. Again, when you start to push the sale, you ignore human beings. You're ignoring that this person that is this sale is a human being that is dealing with things and is communicating things to me. So always put your focus on opportunities to build rapport because 90 percent of people tell you exactly how to sign them up, when to sign them up. But if you focused on pushing the sale and not focused on listening, you're going to miss those cues. So. Right. As a recap. We are in a point or at a point in our society that people actually prefer virtual interactions more over in-person reactions. For pretty obvious reasons, it may or may not be obvious, but you have things like COVID and people just unsure. There's a lot of uncertainty as far as the state of, you know, people's health and, you know, not wanting to jeopardize your own health and your family members health. So. People prefer virtual interactions more over in-person reactions. Next, closing over the phone is so much harder because people have no idea who is really on the other end of that line. That's why I say we got to focus on these things, because at the end of the day, though, people prefer virtual interactions more right now. When it comes to sales, it still is a very hard game because people don't know who you are. People don't know who's on the other end of that line. Because this could be a total. This is a total stranger asking me for my credit card information. Total stranger. And just like you don't know or they don't know who's on the other end of the line when speaking to you, you don't know who's on the other end of that line either. So let's talk about a couple things that are going to help you identify people quickly over the phone because it's important with virtual relationships we have to establish early the relationship dynamics for future calls because if i don't understand the dynamic of this relationship i could be starting my my next calls with this person the wrong way so you got to understand this and to better understand this i have this quadrant that i use called the easy hard quadrant right the easy hard quadrant. And the reason why I call it the easy hard quadrant is because it helps me realize that what is easy on the front end is typically harder on the back end. And what is hard on the front end is going to make my life easier on the back end. So I like this quadrant because it's telling me the different types of people which on the front end are easy or hard to work with. And on the back end, they're harder and easier to work with. So we have hard to work with, easy to work with. And then we have savvy and not so savvy, which also translates to easy and hard. Not so savvy being easy and savvy being hard. So your savvy and hard to work with individuals are going to be your OGs. These are people who are 
pretty probably in the same industry as you um, know just about as much as you. And they can call you out on your BS when you BS and they can call you out on it. And what makes them OGs because they're so savvy, they're also looking for the cheapest possible route to take. So they're using their leverage. They, they use leverage very well, for lack of better words. They know the market. They know what you're selling. They know what you're about. And in order for you to make things work with them, you have to give it to them at, at the cheapest, most valuable rate possible. So those are your savvy, hard to work with. Your savvy, easy to work with are going to be your homies, people that you've built tremendous amounts of rapport with on the first few calls. And now at this point, you've established this homie like relationship to where they're easy to work with and they're savvy. They know what they're talking about, but they're so easy to work with because of the rapport that you've built with them. So now we have the savvy, hard to work with people and the savvy, easy to work with people, OGs and homies. Now we're going to get into the not so savvy people to work with. Right. And not so savvy means on the back end. On the back end, this is where we see a lot of, uh, well, now actually, yeah, on the back end, this is where we see a lot of difficulties. On the front end, this is like more conversational, but on the back end is more transactional. So the not so savvy and hard to work with people are your jokers, right? These are jokers because on the back end, they end up wasting a lot of your time. They're tire kickers, right? These are tire kickers. You don't want to waste your time with jokers. So in this quadrant of not so savvy and hard to work with, leave them alone. In the next quadrant, you have not savvy and easy to work with. And this is where this is what we call pawns. And it may sound very harsh. Again, you want to treat everybody with respect. That is how you're going to get everything. Everything that you need is by treating people with respect. So when I say pawns, I don't mean that out of disrespect. I mean, for the fact that they're not savvy in what it is that you're telling them. So that automatically positions and lines you up as the professional, the expert. So that's how you remember that these are easy to work with. They're very easy to work with on the front end, but on the back end, they're a little bit, a little bit difficult when it comes to not savvy, because uh, you might have to spend a lot of time doubling back. And, you know, teaching and coaching things that you may not be used to coaching. Right. So that's going to be your um, your easy to work with and not so savvy people. So to recap, you have hard to work with, very savvy OGs, easy to work with and also very savvy. You have your homies, not so savvy and hard to work with. You have your jokers who you want to stay away from. These are your tire kickers, people who you can sense are wasting your time. And then on the easy to work with, not so savvy end of the quadrant, you have your pawns. People are easy to work with and, you know, even easier to pitch information to because of their lack of knowledge in the industry. Now, again, the pro tip is going to be to treat everyone with respect at the end of the day, because respect goes a much longer way and people can sense when you're not giving them the respect that they deserve. As always, I'm super thankful to have you all a part of the show. In this age of information, you have more information available from your smartphone than what existed literally 50 years ago. Can you imagine that if if you were born 50 years ago, did you even imagine that eventually we will be having class 
from our computers virtually still seeing cameras, still, you know, still seeing videos, listening to people doing full presentations uh, from virtual meeting rooms, playing games with each other virtually. I'm not sure so many people thought thought that this would this would be possible or saw this coming outside of movies that we might have seen. But knowing this, that knowing that things are changing, the question is, what are we going to do with this information? What are we going to do with technology as it learns and grows with us as we learn and we grow? Are you looking to build out more offers? You have so many ideas, so many resources, and so many useful products that can genuinely impact others, but you're just lost on how to monetize it. You're like, I have this, I have that, but I don't know what to do, what to make out of it. I want to invite you to a private one-on-one session with me to build out two to five offers that you can start making money on in less than 30 days. The more niche-focused offers you can create, the more range you actually have for your clients, increasing your conversion rates tremendously. Right. You can book your one on one strategy session with me for just thirty nine ninety nine to schedule your session. See the link in the show notes. See you there. And with that said, just remember to keep focus, build momentum and drive results so you can live abundantly. Peace. Hey, guys. So thanks to you all, the Million Dollar Mind podcast has went global. The number one passion and attraction podcast in the world right now, with huge support from the UK, Ireland, France, Belgium, Tanzania, and of course the United States. With this accomplishment, we are getting bigger and better than ever. Now that said, we are soon incorporating video production and YouTube platform to the show so you guys can witness the podcast in full effect. You can now become a supporter of the Million Dollar Mind podcast by visiting the link in the description below. Share your support with me via email and you will receive a free gift. Tis the season to give. Peace.